Sometimes you just don't have the energy to prep for your game. That's why there's Weird Dungeon, W-Y-R-D, an OSR-style dungeon crawler from Happy Jack Games. That's J-A-K. Packed with these 36 pages are 11 D66 lists full of level names, factions, magic items, and more. Back Weird Dungeon on Kickstarter today at bit.ly backslash Weird Dungeon. That's W-Y-R-D Dungeon. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'm joined today with our guest, Amanda Lee Frank, author and illustrator of You Got a Job on the Garbage Barge. Did I pronounce that? I almost got that tongue tied there. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on your show. Well, thank you for coming on. It's, it's good to get a chance to talk to you. You're, you are an author and illustrator you got some vibrant wonderful artwork out there that i was checking out online but the first thing i want to ask about is you got a job in the garbage bars because that sounds like my daily life yeah i think it really hit a nerve with everyone when it came out because that it's really the human condition is 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 what it is I, I, I'm interested in that. Could you talk a little more about that specifically in relationship to the game? Because because that's that's the kind of thing I like. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. The, 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 uh, this was my first, this is the first game I published. It mm -hmm. was Zine Quest like three, four years back now, I guess. Oh my God. And uh, it was the first game I ever wrote and ran for my friends that I game with. And so it's it's really just like I, I feel like every time somebody like runs their own game or does like their homebrew, it's like you kind of peel your the top of your head off and you just see what's banging around in there. And especially the first one you do, it's really it is really just like pure like what what comes out of your brain when you turn it on because you're not really trying to achieve anything except make a game exist. And so this is what came out of mind. Like I, I was biking down the, by the Chicago River one day and I saw there are these big trash barges that go up and down the river with um, like metal scrap and they go okay. to the steel foundries that are like they're I think they're all closed now. I think they have been like gentrified out of existence, but they melt down the steel and like uh, forge steel into large things. And I was looking at the barge and I was like, what if that was, what if that, what if I worked on that? I bet that would be <laughs> something. <laughs> and, and so that was the game setting. It's just this big boat. It goes wherever it wants and it's a mess and it's always sinking and yet it still continues. I appreciate that. I, I, I there's, there's a lot to, there's a lot to address there and unpack, but I feel like maybe we should keep moving. Now, with the game itself, how does the game play? Like, how are we, what are we doing in our job in the garbage barge? Uh, so it's like, it's a like kind of OSR style system mm -hmm. neutral, more or less. Like, you, you, you know, it is really more of a setting mm -hmm. that you have adventures in, but the setting has a lot of running stories that you can engage with. So there is, um, the garbage barge is kind of operated by these two tugboats that drive it from place to place. And they are the people hiring workers to 
that try to keep it afloat. Um, and there is also a sort of incipient rebellion amongst the various garbage barge workers and the people who are squatting on the garbage barge um, because it's enormous. I appreciate that. You know, it's a fantasy level huge. So there are all sorts of different communities that are like living in this big pile of trash and inside of the pile of trash. And they're all kind of rubbing shoulders with each other. And um, yeah, there's just like a large number of little spots you can kind of crawl into and have adventures. There's a lot of raccoons. Um, (laughs) And there's also a population of beetles that live in there that they have a little society as well. They're really great. I wrote one adventure that's like a very traditional, like here's your job that you have to do. And this is the adventure. And it's got, you know, like monsters that you fight and a (laughs) map and everything. And so that one in the book is about how you and your crew, you get sent down to this lake and the lake's full of gas and it's in a big hangar because people will hire the barge just to pick up trash that nobody wants. And so whole buildings are on there and stuff. Um, And you have to uh, just kind of uh, bleed off some of the coalescing gas from it so it doesn't explode ever so often. But this is very dangerous to do. And your job is to go try to get that done, even though there's all sorts of like slime monsters living in the gas. uh, (laughs) I like that. I appreciate that. That's fun. Now, uh, there's you also recently did some illustrations for a zine was it zine month or zine quest project i'm like i i'm getting a little yeah. confused at what zine quest and zine month anymore <laughs> it's you know what it's both of them now Excellent. um so yeah that was like the uh and it, it did really well it's actually um it is by joseph chambers and it's called whale day um and it's hard to pronounce and spell i'm probably getting that wrong um but it is about can you say that again whale day i think it's whale? like holding yeah it's old english it's like w a e l d a e g like here's the, here's the thing that's exciting about this to me is that it's got this like specific historical setting. So mm-hmm. it's a zine in this zine, you are playing like very, very early middle ages, like Beowulf time period Oh, cool. people. And then these people are going on a, a fantasy journey. So you're like kind of on this double layer of like, I'm pretending to be these very, very different humans, like with different, you know, but they're specific. They're not made up. And you are getting on a boat and you're joining this sort of like weird immigration north. Mm-hmm. And the further north you go, the weirder stuff gets. There's a thing in the in Sir Gawain in the Green Knight, where as he travels north, like this situation that he's in gets stranger and stranger and more unusual. It's a little bit like that. Only when you get further north, there's like actually like super advanced technology or and records of like some maybe some sort of civilization that was there but is now broken down, weird animals. Anyway, it seems it's like it's I don't know. I think it's like a really great concept. So I, I'm, I like that. It's pretty neat. <laughs> I'm illustrating this. You got a bunch of stretch goals. So I'm going to be doing like tons of pictures for it. And he's a really good graphic designer, layout artist. So it looks really beautiful, too. Now, I was looking at one I wanted to call. And I'm, I'm noticing a theme here because there's another boat here because we got a cruise. Uh, but I was looking at one on Ratty and Cantati that was for sale mm-hmm. that one of your books. And it's called vampire cruise i was curious if you could tell me a little bit about the vampire cruise well the vampire cruise 
is and 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 I don't set out to only do boat stuff. It just continually happens. Um, <laughs> the, the vampire cruise is is about well, there were some vampires, and in order to increase their hoarded up wealth, they decided the best way to do this is to get a cruise ship and. Uh, sell tickets to humans and vampires. So when the vampires get on, they have a, a like, you know, captive food source and everyone can go see a show in the evening. Fun stuff like that. Um, I like that. It's a, so it's sort of like horror comedy, I guess. Like it's, it's definitely very silly and funny, but you also get to, you know, you can kill a lot of vampires if you want, or if you would prefer, you can be them or join forces with them to try to save all the humans from something even worse. That's fun. That's fun. I like that idea. Now, I, I'd like to change courses. There's a couple things I'd like to ask you about. Uh, kind of the first thing is about your art. I'd like to know a little bit about, like, I, I'm looking at what you do. I, I'm curious if you can enlighten me a little bit, like what kind of mediums you're working with and styles and what your inspirations are, things like that. I'm curious to know a bit more about your art. Uh, yeah, cool. Like I will work with whatever I've got around. Basically, I do some digital stuff, but most of even the digital stuff starts as analog drawing. So mm -hmm. I like pen and ink is what I'm like really, really good at, but I've been doing some watercolor recently, like so st mostly drawing some painting and I would... I don't know. Like I, I, I love looking at everything. I think the history of illustrations made for role-playing games is really incredible. Like, especially going back to the stuff where people were doing drawings that were not great, but they really wanted them to exist. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I love that stuff. I love the stuff that's like a little awkward and broken down. I, I think probably like Scrap Princess is the best artist working in RPGs right now. She's amazing, but there are so many people out there doing like really good really good work. It's just incredible. One thing I like to talk to folks about or ask on here often is people are is apparently into role-playing games. I'm curious whether they got into them, whether they got their start, what their role-playing history looked like before you started jumping in there and, and, and putting art and words to it and making your own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I played some role-playing games with my friends in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, back in the day when you could stay up all night and then at midnight, <laughs> you'd order like one of those enormous pizzas that comes with a little table in the middle. Yeah, that's and my favorite. It, <laughs> yeah, it was so good. You have that one friend with the apartment where it's okay for everyone to be there, like making noise until 3 a.m. It's great. So we used to do that. We'd order pizza or else you know, a giant bag of Taco Bell or something. Everybody have like two liters and pots of coffee. And back then we used to chain smoke in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we were doing it was so good it was totally the it was the life and then I did not do role playing for a huge amount like really long time and then just uh six or seven years ago probably like met some friends who were actually like into role playing again I was like I would I would love to I would love to get back into this and then played in a couple games of various kinds I had a um, one friend of mine was really into the OSR stuff and introduced me to that. And then, you know, eventually all of us started running games also. Mm -hmm. And I started working as an illustrator and like seeking out other like role-playing companies to work for because I think the work is super interesting and this 
that's kind of how it all went. Did you tell folks, maybe give them a few ideas of some of the games and books you've contributed to and that you have out there and maybe a few ideas of what they might want to check out to get a feel of what you're putting out? Yeah, absolutely. Like you can find all of my stuff on, on itch.io. Um, and actually there's community copies available for basically everything. So if you want to just like download a PDF and give it a read, go right ahead. And I've also done writing for a couple of different games. One of them is uh, Mouse Ritter. I contributed uh, like one of the little like threefold uh, games to the box set. And those are all great. They're so much fun. That 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 Mouse Ritter box set. It's, uh, it, it, my story is that I went to order Mouse Ritter and I and I got confused and I ordered the <laughs> the box that's not the main box. I got the one that you contributed to first with all the good little little uh what you call it? the adventures modules and whatnot yeah. in there. It's like almost like a big campaign in a box. And and then I had to go and order the big box to go with it afterwards, but I realized I didn't get everything. <laughs> All right, I backed it originally digitally on the Kickstarter and didn't get the physical copy. So when it dropped on a result in funeral, that's why I started ordering it. That's why I realized I made my fatal flaw. But yeah, it's really beautiful, wonderful piece of work. Writing for Mouse Ritter is how was that compared to what you normally write? Is about the same or yeah, I mean, you know, it's you just got it's just mice instead, right? And I'm <laughs> That's, <laughs> that's why I can't wrap my head around sometimes. How do I exist at that small of a level? I'm used to this big world. I mean, I think it ties in pretty well because kind of what I'm interested in is like, how does anyone exist in the world? It's so complicated and huge and impossible, like on an individual level. You just have to you have to make it work somehow when all of, you know, everything is against you. And if you're a mouse, it's the same. Yeah. The, that so I feel like it's easy to synthesize with the mouse um and yeah it was what I really liked about writing for that is that the the little pamphlet brochures the little like threefold brochures great way to lay out an adventure so easy to use like you sit down with that at the table and you don't even you don't do any prep because literally everything you have is right there I've been running some old like old 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 DD adventures with my friends lately and it's like like you know 30 pages for one adventure and everything's <laughs> on a different page and like the map is over here and the key is like 20 pages back it's a mess and you're digging through the walls of text in there trying to decipher it yeah it's impossible but i think the the like this format that master Reader and like also like uh, mothership does this too it really gives you exactly what you need when you need it and at most you have to flip the sheet of paper over it's great yeah, I, I like that. And this has definitely been an evolution in games. And a lot of the evolution I'm seeing in like with indie creators is things like that. One of the things that OSE's kind of gotten its its attention for is the layout and bullet point and trying to condense information, give you just what you need to play as quickly and easily as accessible as possible. Like I, I've been playing for decades. That was not the way role-playing game books were being cranked out in the 20th yeah. century. There were there was a lot to to wade through text-wise. Yeah. And I, like I don't I don't hate that. That stuff is fine too. Like we're having, I'm mm -hmm. having fun with some of that stuff right now, but it is great to be able to just like just sit down and run a game sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. And, and I can't say anything. I got those ma every massive tome on earth. And I sit there and I read through every single one, all those walls of text. I'm lost in them. <laughs> I'm lost in them. <laughs>
so are there what is it just out of curiosity you've talked about your own game group and what you run there what kind of stuff are you playing you said you're running some old school modules what kind of modules have you been running and what have you been using to run it with i'm curious this, so we've been running these old, old like D&D modules. And the, the thing that we're doing is, that I think is really cool, is we've been handing over the, the DM role mm-hmm. from person to person. So oh, we're, nice. we've got like, we've all, everybody made a character. And then when you're DMing, your character is just assumed to be kind of like in the background working on something else. And so we have this like, we're like, we've got a little uh, like Google Doc where if you establish anything about some like NPC, you keep that in the Google Doc so people can go back and refer to it. So we kind of have continuity, but it's working out so good because you get to play and you get to DM and you get to like see what other people do with the stuff that you kind of set up earlier and it's I, I would totally recommend trying that to people if you have a group where there's like maybe there's people who haven't run a game before and they're curious about it it's a little complicated but it's super fun I suggest that as a way to run games I've, it's not a thing I've done in recent years but my longest running campaign was run very like that me and a couple other folks would take turns running it passing it back and forth and building on what each other had done and we that and that was not a medieval game it was a superhero game because yeah. really into superhero comic books heroes back in the day but yeah it, i i think that really helped the campaign helped it to continue to thrive and keep our interest that kind of change and stuff like that going on through the different gms and you know play through it that way i think it's cool <laughs> Yeah, it's super fun. So I've I've been I've been running that. I'm playing in a workboard game with some of my mm-hmm. other friends just as a character, having an excellent time. That game is is I don't know, it's just super fun just to jump into. It gives you some I I forgot a character sheet one evening and I so I rolled up and I was like, well, they're they're dead. I'm just gonna randomly generate a new character with their handy random generator here. And they give you like so much stuff. And it's so like grippy, the little bits of information they give you. They're like, I, you know, in five minutes, I was like, oh, I know who this is. Great, <laughs> perfect. Let's go. Yeah, I like, I like, I like that approach. The approach that that's happening to rolling up characters with things like Morkborg and other stuff like Nave and other things that are like. Whereas some of these older games was like lots of numbers and scales, or we're going more for adjectives and descriptors, and that tends to be I like what the ha- what's happening there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Could you tell the listeners where they can pick up some of your stuff, where they can check you out, what they should check out, and where they can follow you online? Yeah, absolutely. You can find my work on itch. Um, it's Amanda Lee. Itch. Io, um, and you can find links on my page there to like everywhere else I've got. You can get my zines at Ratty and Cantati. Uh, Exhausted Funeral has some, I'm sure, and you can follow me on Twitter at Annabelle Lee, and you can also follow me on Cohost if you're not on Twitter anymore. I'm posting on Cohost a lot, which is like. It's like Twitter, but it's it's a like worker co-op. It's better. And oh. uh, there I am at Annabelle uh, hyphen Lee. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Awesome. Yeah, it was nice talking to you, too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We'd really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.